Nelson Mandela said, I hate discrimination most intensely and all its manifestations. Abraham Heschel said, racism is man's gravest threat to man, the maximum of hatred for a minimum of reason. Angela Davis said, in a racist society, it is not enough to be non-racist. We must be anti-racist. And finally, Leontine Prince said, accomplishments have no color. I don't know what to say, but 2021 still sees so much of racism that it is crazy in all walks of life. And especially it is the most shocking when it comes to sports. Sports is meant to bring people together. Sports is meant to unite the world in front of competition. It's supposed to embrace differences in culture and at the end of the day, shake hands and be like, oh, we had a good game or oh, we had a great fight. I can go on and on about reasons, but I wanted to mention one thing before we actually get into this week's topic on our podcast because it's very important to address. Let's go back in the timeline. The Emancipation Proclamation came out in 1863. For all those who don't know what the Emancipation Proclamation is, let's roll on to 1865 when slavery was made illegal in the United States of America, thanks to a certain Abraham Lincoln, along with a lot of brave souls who fought for independence of the United States. Um, 100 years later, the Negro is still not free. This is what Martin Luther King Jr. had said in 1963 in his famous I Have a Dream speech. We roll on to 1994 when apartheid came to an end in South Africa. We're sitting in 2021 and it still seems that not much has improved. I'm your host, Mazhar. And I have my co-hosts Aniketa and Rishabh here as well. And we're going to be talking about racism in sports. And not only racism, we're also going to slightly divulge into abuse through social media, extortion, death threats, everything negative that is hampering and creating problems for players and the likes and their families. So. I want to bring in uh, Rishabh and Aniket here. Uh, Rishabh, before we actually deep dive into certain incidents, let's first tackle the on-field incidents of racism that we've seen in sports. So I'm going to open that up with you, Rishabh, and you can take it away. Thanks, thanks Mazal. Yeah, I think, I think you make a really good point because um, so much of what we talk about sports um, we, we almost like to hide from this fact, right? We like to hide that there is, there are these huge issues of racism that exist. And, um, it's a common thing for people to, you know, when it comes up in the context of sports, want to avoid it. Cause they said, Hey, this is my time to kind of just relax and watch sport and kind of get away from the reality of the real world. But the fundamental truth is we can't really do that because it has, it is, it is very ingrained into our culture and very ingrained into sports as well. Um, and starting off with, you know, on-field, on-field racism, I mean, there are two kinds that we can talk about, right? The first is as it comes to players with other players. And the second is as it comes to, um, you know, fans interacting with players. I want to start off with the fan one because the fan one is almost more jarring to me because there are so many people around you and especially in the modern age where 
really anything you say will get publicized it is shocking that people will still say the kind of things that they do end up saying and no sport is immune to it right um in the nba there were a few years back when a when a fan was banned uh, because russell westbrook said he he said an offensive um slur while talking to while talking to him while he was on the bench and now at least you know at least in different sports they're getting better about throwing fans out restricting um allowing them into future games as well um but it's it is just jarring that it is it is still something that occurs we talk about um we talk about uh, you know antonio rudiger having to go to, to to the fans and say like this is what was said to me while i was playing on the pitch we know the numerous numerous occasions of fans um saying horrendous things in the italian serie a and then on the pitch it's um you know we have incidences with referees with other players i want to start off and bring you in on the psd istanbul incident right where uh dembaba where the game was essentially the, the both teams decided to walk off the field um with dembaba basically you know um having a discussion with fourth official sebastian cortescu i'm not sure if that's the way to pronounce it but in his in the way in which he referenced uh pierre rebo so aniket i'm going to hand it over to you and you know kind of bring you in on how you feel um on field racism is still such a huge issue in the sport in all sports right now so first of all krishna and i'd like to absolutely thank you for bringing it to the fore that we want to hide from it this is not something i thought about very deeply up until now that when most of us are trying to consume sports you want to run away from an issue but just imagine if you were to turn up at work every day and to face the same thing it is someone else's daily bread and butter all right now you put that in context and just imagine yourself having to go through it and then you you would probably understand the gravity of the situation slightly better because as consumers of sport um it's easy to hide um coming to on field incidents the dembaba one was kind of crazy right why so because i don't mean to say that it would be any easier if the case would have been different but fans being racist has been around for a while players incidents had been around for a while but imagine an authority figure in the game the person you are expected to be impartial uh you kind of see a clear bias you would absolutely <laughs> again if you want to put put if anyone wants to understand how difficult it must be to take i think they need to put it in context for their own lives imagine your supervisor were to be openly biased against you for no for absolutely no reason when their whole job is to be impartial and conduct a certain duty krishnan mentioned the seria notorious in terms of number of incidents which have taken place with fans kagliari fans um monkey chanting when moisekin was on the field bonucci kind of saying that it is slightly his fault to make matters much worse imagine your teammate who is well at least at least you expect a teammate to have some understanding of what something um that would do to you right imagine imagine again this one thing krishnan put it in great context for me and now every thought i play in my mind is this that put it in context for yourself imagine that happening to you at work imagine which means it's happening to you every day right it's not an isolated incident 
so that happened bonucci not i mean openly not backing kane there has been an incident with balotelli with lukaku if i'm not wrong milan um, milan in ac milan had a walk off against a you know you know pre-season game against the lower uh, tier side in the italian league now that you mentioned all of these things i remembered one thing the the ironic part or the sad part about italian football is one of ac milan's best ever players a ballon d'or winner the first ever ballon d'or winner outside of europe was an african right george weah uh so when you look at it one of your best ever performers in who to wear a red and black shirt was not white or non european basically and it's really really sad i wonder what weah must have been going through back then because i'm sure it would have been even more prevalent back then hey are you like us and trying to make your own podcast but aren't really sure where to get started well when we first began we didn't really know how to get our podcast out there to the hundreds of different podcast platforms that's where anchor comes in anchor is your one stop shop for all things podcasting from start to finish it allows you to record and edit your podcast and then when you're ready to publish distributes it to a ton of podcasting platforms including spotify and apple podcasts Once you've posted your episode, Anchor tracks listening across platforms and graphs your performance across countries, age groups and platforms. That's how we know that 4% of our listeners are in Hong Kong. If you're listening from Hong Kong right now, well, thank you. And Anchor is totally free. To get started, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's a n c h o r.fm to get started. Now back to the pod. and there have been countless incidents there there have been countless incidents in so the premier league as well which is you know you're talking about england right oh, so called the uh, peak of modern society but it's absolutely horrendous because zaha has had those incidents um had, if i'm not wrong a lot of chelsea youngsters have had those incidents in the recent past and if you think that at team sport or team competition is the only place it happens the answer is no it happened in f1 also very famously with lewis hamilton um, i think it was uh, at the barcelona circuit where fans turned up with black makeup with t-shirts saying this is lewis's family um, you know having a whole hairdo and a makeup get up for that there was a website which i think if i'm not wrong said slash lewis's tires or something of that sort just very targeted incident at yeah, the exact line the exact line was burst hamilton styles burst yeah, yeah if you translated the spanish that they had put up was burst hamilton styles yeah. yes so it's not it's not an isolated incident in just team sports it kind of has been traversing the part to like individual sports where you know you don't really have to have an, a team association for your uglier side to come to the forefront not an excuse gui you brought brought up the premier league i just wanted to highlight a few incidents there and that's all recent times so let's not even there's no point in divulging so far back it happened 
as recent as so far back, less than a month back? so far back when we say so far back it's probably like 15 years in and that's technically not that far back and 2005 onwards you i mean not the turn of the millennia you could expect a lot of great things but clearly not because a lot right. of these incidents have happened post the 2000s axel twanzi be played for the england youth team he gets gorilla emojis and monkey emojis sent to him on instagram because he considered an own goal which wasn't even his fault it was a it was one of those cruel deflections which went off him and led to the goal he didn't even have a bad game i just did not understand that from it didn't make any sense from any point of, or any angle to be racist towards axel twanzi i i'm not saying it's acceptable still but you can still understand if he was getting flack for a bad Having performance a bad but it wasn't just, that just, it wasn't even like they had a opportunity to be critical in a regular sense without being abusive exactly because he was having uh, but, a very decent game which actually brings me to another type of case as well with anthony marcia it wasn't racism in that but just some of the tweets and i'm i'm not going to censor this because i think whoever watches or listens to us deserves to know this person Sent, dropped a direct message to Martial's wife, and he wrote, "Tell your fucking husband, comma boyfriend, fuckmate, or whatever, to get the fuck out of Manchester, or we're going to get him killed." It's not even going to Martial; it's going to his wife. Can you imagine the mental trauma and the stress and the threat that a person might feel, that lack of security that they might feel at that point in time? she's a fierce woman i uh, she had reshared the story and in french she basically wrote come and get us uh, basically something along those lines and it was great to see how so strong and headstrong people can uh, can be as well and they fight these trolls but it's terrible this is so unacceptable in today's day and age no wasn't i i was i was just going to say i was just going to add to that right when we think about athletes and maybe even we think about celebrity in general there's a tendency to sweep sweep these things uh, under the rug and the reason is we say hey man these are athletes they lead privileged lives they get amazing million dollar contracts and we almost don't take these incidents very seriously because we say yeah i mean that's that's the, that's the cost you have to pay if you want to live that million dollar life and i think it's a really low bar to lift to because just because they have these contracts and just because they live the life they did let's two things let's not forget a where a lot of these athletes might have come from they may not have come from very privileged backgrounds they they created an opportunity for themselves where there probably was none in a lot of instances number two is i think it's a low bar to lift to right just because they are fortunate in certain ways at this point doesn't mean we as a society cannot be better in the way that we behave and react and treat them and messages like these are frankly completely unacceptable right it doesn't matter what your justification is it doesn't matter if you bet in in the manchester united games there really is 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 completely unacceptable and the excuse that uh, the excuse that like yeah man i mean at the end of the day these these guys like i mean they go home to a plush house and um a beautiful cars doesn't excuse you being horrible to anybody it it, it is not an excusable rationale for uh, for making this justified um so i think you bring so if, if anyone if anyone wants to wants to you know kind of 
say that they deserve some 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 negative aspects towards having such a big contract and a fancy life yeah think about it someday your team's going to wake up and say i don't need this player i'm going to trade him so they send you across the they send you across the continent they send you across the world all right they they are willing to trade you because well to a club you kind of become a commodity right so they are already paying the price for their uh, xy 250k per week salary or whatever you believe they earn um but but trust me they would they if 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 that's the case they take like a giant pay cut to not uh, witness some of the things they kind of do uh, because well to be honest they pay they getting paid that highly because one they're the best in the world second even with that there are a lot of um, negative aspects attached such as being sent across the world with your family to live in a new place only to get traded in another year right <laughs> what 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 do you see with players post 30 Move, move from uh, say England to France, France to China, to the MLS. Sometimes go play in Sao Paulo in Brazil, and where's your family in the middle of all that? When they're earning those big bucks, your family is kind of away from you. So they are paying the price. And if anyone believes to, you know, you need to attach that kind of misfortune to them of um, being spoken to in the worst possible manner imaginable, then uh, they're wrong on a very different level. we've spoken a lot about football uh it's very prevalent in all sports though and i wanted to also talk about cricket cricket has basically 11 12 major countries playing and it's still and and let's face it a lot of them are not developed or first world nations let's face it those are the facts and it's still there and and it's really really disappointing and disturbing to see that happen so i wanted to bring in gui you can go first uh for some of the incidents in cricket aaron sammy who got to know what kalu meant the meaning of kalu so if you translate it from hindi into english it means black or blacky it's sad but yeah that's what it is um he got to know what it is and he demanded an apology from his teammates and then his teammates contacted him they spoke with him and then they realized that it was out of love but firstly now which brings me to uh, another thing which and I'll have to link this up so that because I think it's important is Edinson Cavani getting suspended for 3 days uh, for 3 games for using the term negrito which is used out of uh, in Uruguay for fellow friends and uh, family uh so kalu was used out of love by indian players as well asami accepted the apology firstly i i don't think i don't believe it should be used um I, it's i it's racial profiling at the end of the day whether it's out of love or whatever it's still something that you are using based on physical appearance uh wanted to bring you in this is one incident do you have firstly your opinion on this incident uh what do you think how what is the solution to all of this and then other incidents that you've seen in cricket okay so with the darren sammy incident it uh, well you would have to look at india's obsession with uh, complexion terrible to begin with i don't think it's acceptable there is no way it's, it's no in no way shape or form 
uh, is that acceptable when you're doing it to another fellow Indian of dark complexion either? Okay, period. Get, to get done with that one, not acceptable. Another, you don't even have to look that far back in cricket. Cricket is not, uh, not a, you know, a very hoity-toity gentleman sport. Australian fans, like Siraj at the boundary, you know, already, you, what, it's been a month and a half, tops, to that incident. So, Moel Ali, in his autobiography in 2018, really uh, mentioned that he was called Osama by an Australian player who he refused to name. Can you believe this is his first Ashes test? He's anyway minority. He's made it to the English squad, uh, doing his best for his country, representing his country at the highest level, and he gets called Osama? Also, again, in cricket, uh, Indians are super critical about cricket, right? You, it's what you kind of see in uh, Europe towards football, like you know, directly DMing or tagging athletes and saying things. Well, because you're behind a screen, nobody knows who you are. That's that's what happens in cricket in India. People do say a lot of absurd things to athletes on Twitter, and I mean, the athletes have kind of gotten used to it, so they respond to it very, you know. Haha, you're so funny, mate. But uh, don't like people need to get an idea that's not okay, and you don't have to have the just because you have the privilege of sitting behind the phone screen and typing it in as an anonymous person. It's not, and we said it. It's not. It doesn't have to be racist for it to be unacceptable. It could also mean people targeting you, your family. Um, you know, people associated with you, so like your team management, if you have a talent manager, all these guys kind of get flagged. I'm really happy that we're bringing it up in the Indian context because um, I think there is, a, there is a tendency, especially in cricket, to believe that, you know, we, you talk, we, when we're discussing, you know, topics to discuss, we talked a little bit about uh, the abuse that Mohammed Siraj faced in this last Australia tour um, in Australia, right? And, and I mean, South Asians globally, you know, when they're especially not playing in South Asian countries, do tend to typically face this. But I think cricket is a good reminder that no one's immune to it. I think we've, we've all been to games and we know that there, this isn't a thing that is, that, um, is hidden in the, in the stands when, when foreign players come to play in India, right? If, if, you are, um, if you are black or even if uh, just from a different country than South Asia, you do, you do face uh, racial abuse from the stands. And I think it comes to a good point of this is an area where we can all be better at. Every single person has room to be better at this because I think a lot of a lot of, um, a lot of maybe ter terminology that you even might have learned as a child to say in school or to say when you're younger actually has racial connotations and that you never even realized maybe growing up. And I think there's a, there's a level of evolution that I think every person needs to go through to realize that, you know, hey, those things that I said, I think were actually wrong. And I think rather than kind of just sticking with it and saying, hey, I said it when I was younger, it was totally fine then, which means it's totally fine now. Um, is not really the way to do it. And I think, you know, you, Mazar, you made a great point about the Kalu statement, right? No, I, I can't, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of, you know, growing up, you use that terminology in India. But the point is, as you grow up and learn more and start to evolve into what that term really means, it is valuable to then, it, it is then valuable to kind of evolve and change your terminology as well to accommodate for 
for what these words mean, right? And I think the exact same thing goes for the Edison Cavani incident, right? I don't deny he actually may not have said it with a feeling of hate, but it is a word that is rooted in hate and does spread a certain amount of hate at the end of the day. So I think the goal is for, you know, every single person to, to just look to be slightly conscious of things that even if they don't intend to have hate or spite in it, um, to, to find ways to, um, to evolve, you know, how you mention these words so that you're not bringing people down and minimizing them to just their, uh, just their race. And I think the Indian players did that in the Darren Sami incident at the end, right? I think they kind of realized, uh, you know, the, the, the connotations of what was being said. Perfect, Krishnan. I think you pretty much summarized that uh, in the best possible way. Now, these are on-field incidents, or not not necessarily the Sammy case, but uh, the other cases for sure, or generally on-field cases in sports. Let's move on to some of the cases that are lesser known or lesser heard of, off the field that happen as well, and then suddenly blows out because someone then goes on to uh, social media and talks about it or basically presents their points or what they experienced and shares it with the world. So let's move into that. Now, the first one that comes to mind is I'm going to get into basketball now because it's the one sport which is obviously dominated by minorities, at least in terms of the players. Uh, There's been one major, major incident. We don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but Krishnan, obviously, I'll open that to you as well. Absolutely. I mean, when we talk of, of a horrific case of, in, in the recent history, um, one of the most horrific incidents, I think, is, you know, um, the, the owner, Donald Sterling, who was the Los Angeles Clippers owner, getting called out. Basically, a phone call that he had with his girlfriend was leaked. And this is shocking because he is essentially berating his girlfriend for having taken a picture. Um, he's, she's taken pictures with a lot of people. She's taken the pictures. Um, and his issue is that she's taken pictures with black people, essentially. And one of the craziest incidents, which I didn't realize till getting to the end of the entire leaked phone call, one of the pictures that he's criticizing for is a picture of her with Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson is one of the most celebrated basketball players in the history of the game. And he has this crazy thing at the end where he says, listen, you can do whatever you want. You can hang out with them your entire time. You can sleep with them. The little I ask is not to promote that and bring them to my games. Don't bring him to my games. Magic Johnson can get a front row seat in any NBA game he wants to ever. It is a ludicrous game and it's just shocking to see in basketball of all sports because so many players in the NBA are black. It's, it, is, it is a such a high percentage and for an owner of one of the teams to say it just goes to prove, you know, there's another little you know, fallacy that we have is that, you know, this, oh, you know, it's, it's a little bit of an issue for like the uneducated and people who don't have education. That's not true. Even people who have phenomenal educations, Donald Sterling is a phenomenally educated person who has these really um, deep-seated racism issues that fortunately came to light through this phone call and he had to eventually give up ownership of the, um, of the LA Clippers. And I think it comes to a great point that I want to bring you all in on. Mazani, make a good point. There are lots of athletes that come from minority communities. But where are the decision makers coming from? Right? Ownership is still not majority, is not owned by minority communities largely. In the NDA, if you look at, there are about 37 owners, you know, because some, some teams are owned by, you know, multiple owners. 
I'm excluding the Philadelphia 76ers because they have a bunch of owners. They have like 15 owners, including Will Smith, Jada Smith, and Kevin Hart as well, which I thought was pretty cool. But they have a lot of owners. But excluding Philadelphia, there are about 37 owners, of which only five come from minority communities. It's Grant Hill for Atlanta, Joseph Sy for Brooklyn Nets, Michael Jordan, of course, for Charlotte Hornets, Mark Lassery from, for the Milwaukee Bucks, and Vivek Rana Dire for the Sacramento Kings. So at the end of the day, even though there is more um, there is more participation maybe in sports from minority communities, at the end of the day, major decision makers, Mazda, we spoke about you spoke about this a little bit earlier when we were discussing this, right? Coaches, management, um, scouts, key decision makers, they are still not really that highly represented by minority populations. And I don't know how y'all y'all feel about that. I'm sure every sport that you watch is is kind of a similar story. So Two, Krishna raised two very good points, right? There's a fallacy in all our minds that we think that it's kind of an issue of you know people who wouldn't know better. And second being that people in positions of decision-making aren't really a representation of, well, the whole population. And that could be very well seen in the Serie A debacle of how poor their anti-racism campaign was, right? Okay, a top league, a top five league, trying to implement an anti-racism campaign. So you know there are a lot of people involved. And a lot of big wigs, right? Because so well, you expect them to be knowing better than most people. The, the poster for the campaign is three monkeys. What? You, you've got to be insane to let that, you know... How many people are supposed to look at that poster before it's put out? And everyone is a top tier um, <laughs> management post, right? Who's going to like, oh, well, this is this is the face of our anti-racism campaign. And it's a monkey. And like, you let that happen. And well, to prove Krishna's point, this is another incident. So John McEnroe's incident of where he made the misogynistic comment about Serena Williams. Uh, saying that if she oh. played in men's tennis, she would be ranked 700th in the world or something. So, di- divulge into that. First of all, there's always been this huge debate that, uh, you know, men are better at that specific sport than women. So, even if I'm not wrong, even in some talk show, they do this segment where they ask people on the street, like a question. And a lot. Of, one of the questions was, do you think you could beat Serena Williams? A lot of people say, yeah. A lot of unfit males just said yes. Why do you think so? Uh, well, I'm a man and I can, you know, do physical activity and maybe I, if I just, you know, I am the representation of the superior category of humans or whatever that bias is in your mind. And it's pre- if you want to look how prevalent, at look at how prevalent it is. McEnroe said it, right? So, okay, if you you could you could say that she might not beat a top hundred athlete, which could be true. Males are serving at like what 150, 160, 170, 80, 216, 206. I mean, she does as well, but consistently. I mean, there there are a lot of factors to get into, and nobody wants to put a number on you know how if it's a top hundred athlete which she can beat a top 150, top 200. But the point being that you say it in a way 
that she could never compete in against a man like you, you that was the connotation of the statement right i hope i mean i don't want to assign it but that's what it sounded like when it was said uh, if a legend of the sport can speak in that tone who is the casual supporter supposed to look at or oh, no i just want to say i think it's a ludicrous it, it like like you said it's a ludicrous comparison because frankly Serena Williams has played her entire career playing for a certain style of tennis almost right she's prepared and played for three set tennis her entire career um so it is just a bizarre comparison because you know maybe if she was trained throughout her entire career to play for five set tennis to play in in the same circuit we have no idea how incredibly good she could be because the starting point yeah, and, is and yet, different and yet some and yet someone wants to say it as if it is the factual truth right that's the issue Yeah so Krishnan from where you basically left off just uh, wanted to come back to the point where you mentioned about management and where there's a lack of minorities at the topmost level so Gui I wanted to bring you in on that point as well uh in basketball there are still quite a number of owners but when i look at just the premier league for example just the english premier league I can't think of any managers for that matter who are black like yes there are a few who are let's say the not non white but uh I can't think of any uh black manager so to speak so do you think that's something to do with the system or uh do you see that just being a different case altogether well to be honest I mean we are in no position to comment on what the system is like but someone who is part of it like say Sol Campbell who was tr- trying to get a foot into management he did openly say it he said my my colleagues who are not the same color as i am they got in like that right and we know who we're talking about so they kind of made the way into management very easily but it wasn't the same for me which is it's kind of straight from the horse's mouth at this moment like someone who is living that experience um and well <laughs> the premier okay the premier league majority white in terms of managers i can't think i mean one famous man who is not even the prem viera who is if i'm not wrong he had a stint in france Henri had his stint in France as well. Now in Canada, but these are all like super popular names as players. Like you know how they like they command a lot of value in the sense that they played at they played the top tier of football, so they must know. But when someone as popular as Sol Campbell says it, you kind of take it at face value. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, which actually takes me to one other sport, and this sport actually has racism very rampant, and it's really disappointing because that's what sells, and we've seen it for years, and that's combat sports in general. So b- b- boxing and the UFC, and it's kind of weird to see at the same time, especially you see, and I'm, I mean, in the UFC. and there's one incident which particularly comes to mind and that's when conor mcgregor took it too far with his bigotry and made it personal against khabib nurmagomedov and what happened there's, in that for all those who, a fight. 
मुस्लिम alcohol is something that he will not appreciate being offered for sure so uh just if i mean we are talking about one of the biggest athletes in the world one of the richest athletes in the world uh, doing something like this on and the world is watching uh, it sends out such a wrong message people at the end of the day people aspire to be like on uh in a lot of ways so it's spreading such a wrong message out to the irish youngsters as well especially who dream of being a conor mcgregor one, uh, one day so really very uncalled for very wrong uh religion has no place in sports uh as well Re- religious discrimination sports is meant to be people playing on the pitch people fighting in this case people racing whatever it is and everyone's equal at the end of the day and everyone has to be judged purely based on their skills that's why we are so against doping we did an entire episode on that as well you can check that out but i think we all agree that till things don't improve uh, and people aren't educated more things are going to stay the same and whether you hit the nail on the head right i mean hate sells at the end of the day right especially in combat sports right at the end of the day they want to sell i mean we all know that it's a little bit of a charade at times right sometimes it is a little bit of a charade and they like to hype it up because it is a combat based sport you want to almost make the fans believe that these guys really hate each other and what ends up happening is i think people like conor mcgregor Uh, like people who we think of as trash talkers right conor mcgregor chael sonnen people who kind of get carried away in that and go into a territory that is not acceptable and i think you know let's be honest we all love the trash talk we all really enjoy when it's heated between them but there is a point at which it crosses the line you make a really good point conor mcgregor in that fight with khabib on a number of instances and on this islamophobia point really did cross the line of what is acceptable and where people started to come down on ufc management and dana white to a large extent was Hey, like you haven't done a whole lot to reel him back on this one. You've kind of given this like, "Hey, man, corner, corner," kind of thing, because you knew at the end of the day, this is what sells. This is what is really exciting for fans. They want there to be added animosity, um, and it's it's disappointing because I understand wanting to make your business as good as it is, but I think there are lines that need to be drawn on where where it is that it's crossing the line. And listen, this will happen a lot in combat sports because. these guys get into a zone where their only focus is to just completely bash the other person and it it'll naturally you know cross the line the job of management is to ensure that's real and ensure that cannot happen and make sure that they don't stand by any statement that is made by someone who actually says them i think chill sun and also had something 
where I think in his fight with either um, Anderson Silva or maybe Marley, one of the Brazilian fighters basically was talking about how when he was growing up, um, you know, when I was growing up in America, I had this life of, you know, I'd wake up, eat cereal um, and talk to my friends about the latest technology. Well, I'm sure and when I was in, you know, Brazil, it was me watching kids going outside and fighting in the mud. But like you said, Maz, I mean, they do it because it builds, it, it gets the YouTube clicks, it gets the people more and more excited for the fight. Um, but it's absolutely the wrong message to be sending. Yeah, I mean, Vince McMahon never sold a fight in this sense, right? And again, a lot of people might kind of get, oh, don't don't bring WWE in. But well, they are also in this business of selling a fight. They have storyboards. They do storyboards. Oh, it's openly discussed. Everyone knows. They do. They there is a storyboard. They play out. It's essentially two people who will fight, but well, they know the outcome. They know all of it. So the whole build-up is something which is designed to hype up the fight. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think Vince McMahon would let something like that. Okay, I don't know much about Vince McMahon's. Uh, <laughs> management style but uh, yeah I mean it is it is the management's job Krishnan said it like fight promotion is one thing but uh, to keep the fight promotion within the boundaries of well just basic respect to, I mean uh, I mean okay just don't be disrespectful like that's it that's all you have to tell the people promoting the fight right but I think more than disrespectful, I think more than disrespectful, Gui, it's just be, don't, basically don't Beautiful touch human. on race, don't touch on religion, because these are sensitive topics. Leave out sensitive topics, even when you get personal, know how to get personal without really demeaning someone to such a level where they want to break your head. That is yeah. the key. Because anyway, you want to break your head in the UFC, but so like, why why do you want to push it that far? Jake Paul in his call-outs, I'm not even sure if it's Jake Paul or Logan Paul or whichever one that stays. But uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I don't. I'm, I'm not uh, in tune with the YouTube fight scene. <laughs> but, but yeah, horrible, <laughs> horrible, horrible calling out, like mentioning people's families. It's just like a generated trend uh, where you want to hype up or amp up a scenario by spewing hate. Yeah, go, go for something which which is okay, demeaning, but not in the sense that, you know, I'm going to take some like personal offense because talking about things which I hold very dear to my heart. Fine, just so keep 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 all your hate to a certain territory. I mean, you know you're doing it for a purpose of promotion, right? At least in that sense, at least in that sense, you, you could uh, kind of rein it in by I mean, it shows poor judgment uh, on the part of athletes and the management to let something like that fly. Exactly. Uh, uh, there's a clear line drawn between banter and uh, what is an insult. And I don't think there's a thin line there. I think it's quite evident and we've realized that over time as to what is healthy banter and what can be considered an insult. Wanted to now. I know we've been diving into a lot of negatives around what's happening, but let's not forget that people are doing a lot to promote anti racism, to just make society more aware and better. There are steps being taken by a lot of different organizations and people. So, guys, 
uh, both of you can just, if you want to discuss some of the nice or the positive stories or positive impacts that uh, the recent races, uh, anti-racism drives have been having on society and trying to improve the world in general. I mean, that's that it, the, the great part of it. This is why we're talking. This is why people want athletes to speak out. Why so many people are excited that athletes are speaking out is at the end of the day, if LeBron James, when he was in Cleveland, puts out a tweet, I can bet you a hell of a lot more people are seeing his tweet than the governor of Ohio. I can bet that. Um, and that's the thing. That's the, the amazing thing is these athletes have so much reach in their opinion. They have so much reach in their ability to um, impact young, young people's minds. And we've seen it for a while now, um, the impact that athletes have and what they've worked to do uh, to bring racism to the forefront. I want to go back even back in the day. Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Russell and Muhammad Ali working together to kind of fight, fight issues of racism and racial injustice in the US. I know I'm, I'm cornering a little bit on the NBA because there have been a few incidents that have happened recently that I want to bring to light. Um, in the bubble, after the shooting of Jacob Blake, the Bucks decided that they wanted to sit out game five. And the beauty of this is, players have found a way to put these issues above themselves. This is an inconvenience. This is not something where it's like, oh, we're tired, we want to rest. No, this is a pain. No one wanted to spend more time in the bubble, let alone NBA players. But they took that sacrifice because they realized there were issues far larger than sports. And they had a voice that could actually impact um, a lot of people around them. I mean, the same thing, I think, go, comes back to the Istanbul and PSG case, right? At the end of the day, even the PSG players, that's a game they, most betters would say they are likely to win. It's a hell of a lot of a pain to have to reschedule that game and fit it into your um, your other league games and everything else. But they made that sacrifice because they realized this issue is way bigger. And it, it wasn't even like PSG was like, ah, really, do we have to do this? As soon as Marquinhos found out that this is what happened, Marquinhos was like, yeah, we're not playing this game. And he was PSG's captain. I want to bring in one last, um, one last point because I saw this video. LeBron has this show called The Shop, uh, which is this HBO show, which is awesome. And he did this video with Barack Obama. And when, in the bubble, when people were sitting out, um, a few players, which I believe was LeBron, Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony, and I think Russell Westbrook, kind of basically called up Obama. And they basically said, hey, listen, we're athletes. We don't know how to influence policy, but we want to make a difference. What do we do? And that's the beauty of, I think that's such a beautiful message because let's be honest, not all of us are experts at everything, right? I mean, I don't know that much about, um, I don't know that much about policy. I don't know that much about uh, quantitative physics, right? But the goal is, if you have a voice like these athletes do, the beauty is they're finding ways to tie up with people who are more knowledgeable and bring forth a really positive message. And I thought it was so touching to have the humility to say, listen, dude, I don't know how to solve this. You work in this area. Tell us what you think is a good approach for it. And it makes such a huge difference. It's, it's immensely inspiring. And it's, it's a good message to um, believe that, hey, even if you're not an expert in this area, there are things that you can do. Um, so so I, I, I was really, really touched. And I thought it was just an incredible message that these, these guys put out during the bubble. And that athletes have done over a period of time to tackle the issue of racial injustice. Massive shout out to Lewis Hamilton. He does not need a shout out from anyone. <laughs> Let's be clear. But, but the seven guy, I mean, time world champion, baby. Yeah. Seven. 
So this is this is his greatest shout out. All about sports, the podcast. So so here's the thing. Man wears a T-shirt that is slightly different. SI does not like it, even though there is a V race as one campaign and things like that. But he wears a T-shirt which is like, oh, okay, no, 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 we can't have this on. And all of a sudden, the eyes are not on a generic. Like everyone's gone from okay, there is a large-scale um, BLM movement, and they suddenly zeroed in on this, and they see that well, that here is one isolated case where. the organization is not being able to fully back its athlete and now the i now people's focus is kind of on what the athlete is doing and this is like all down to well how popular lewis hamilton is right um, you and i could do it and he'd have nowhere close to the same number of eyeballs on it so just the amount of attention they garner towards a positive movement and christian said it we it like LeBron could put out a tweet, and more people would like that tweet than people would, well, see a tweet by a just a policymaker. And athletes do have the reach; they do have the ability to influence people. And I think the last year has evidently shown us that it is a possibility. That it is a possibility to. Um, So it, there is a possibility for athletes to kind of help the cause, it, and it's not centered to around them. It is centered around well a much larger movement. And and I think you know just going to the point of all of us being able to do something um, for this, uh, Linktree actually has a a page which is link. Uh, so l i n k t r dot e e slash action. If you go to Linktree. Slash action. They have a few different options that you can choose if you want to donate to a particular cause, if you want to educate yourself on a particular issue. Um, do check out their website. We thought it was it was pretty helpful. Obviously, I'm sure people are aware of you know greater and better organizations to contribute to. But that's one way that you can chip in, being an everyday person. Even if you can't chip in, you know financially, there's always more to learn. I know for sure over the last few years, there's a lot more that I learned. Um, With all these issues happening in sports, and and sports was my way into learning more about these issues. So, um, if that's something you're interested in, uh, do check that out. Yeah. So, uh, thanks so much, Gui and Krishnan. I think we touched upon a lot of important things. This is the biggest issue, not only in sports but in the world. And I'm so glad that now we have an opportunity to actually voice our opinions on platforms and share uh, all these. thoughts and hope for a better future and uh, so to all those who have tuned in thank you so much uh, please do share your comments and thoughts with us on uh, so on all our social media platforms we're on 25 podcast platforms as well uh, we're doing our best to not only share our opinions as fans uh, of sports but also be better humans ourselves racism is absolutely disgraceful and cannot exist in today's world and should not exist there's nothing different between a white man an asian man a black man or anyone for that matter this needs to end and it needs to end soon thank you for tuning in and we'll be back with a new episode next week till then take care stay safe and see you soon bye bye